Okay. <clears throat> Purim. Why is the holiday of Purim called Purim? The word Purim means lots. Haman drew a lot. When would be the proper day to annihilate the people of Israel? God forbid. If that is the case, it should be called Pur, not Purim, which is the plural. But the answer is that there were two lots. There was the lot of Haman and then the lot of the Jewish people. The concept of a lottery is something which is beyond logic. Logically, I should not have won $30 million. But illogically, it could happen. The idea of a lot is something which is beyond nature, beyond sense. So, Haman realized that logically he cannot destroy the Jewish people, but if he taps into a level which is beyond logic, he could. And the response to Haman was that the Jews serve God beyond logic, beyond nature. They were willing to die for God. They were willing to die for Yiddishkeit. And because of that self-sacrifice, they too entered into the realm of a lot, something which is beyond nature, and so they were saved from this terrible decree. But in every word, the entire word is encapsulated within the very first letter. And that is called the Rosh Tevis, the first letter of the word. So in the letter of Pei, which is the first letter of Purim, already we should find the mysteries and the history and the nature of this holiday. And we can do this by gleaning into the meaning and the gematria and the graphic design of the letter Pei. First of all, the letter Pei means a mouth, a mouth that speaks. There's a lot of speaking going on in the Megillah. And let's talk about a few highlights. First of all, there's the talk of Achashverosh, which he says to his chamberlains, bring me my wife Vashti to show her beauty to the whole world. Vashti refuses, and she is then killed. So that's the first major talk in the Megillah. Then you have the talk of Haman. Haman tells Achashverosh, Yesh am echad mufuzar amim. You should know there is a nation that is spread amongst all the other nations of the world. And they're different from us. Let's get rid of them. Achashverosh says, no problem. Whatever you want. Another mouth that speaks. Another talk. And then you have the talk of Mordechai. And that is after Mordechai found out about the decree and tells Esther to go to the king, Esther says, but the king has not called me. And Mordechai says very powerful words. You should know Esther. You should know 
that there will be Rebach Vatsallah, there will be salvation and hope from another place. But you and your father's home will be lost forever. And then you have the talk of Esther. When she makes a party for the king. And the king says, Esther, what can I do for you? And Esther says, If it is good in the eyes of the king, spare me and my people. And then you have a talk of the king of all kings, which is God. And this is hinted in chapter 6, which says, that that night the king could not sleep. It doesn't say Achashverosh could not sleep. It says the king. And the code of Jewish law says that at this time, the Balkorah, the one who reads the Megillah, should raise his voice. For this is the Ikor Hanes. This is the most important part of the miracle. Because we are talking about the king of all kings, God, who could not sleep that night. And what does God say right after that? It says, Vayoymer, and he says, bring me the book of remembrance. I want to read. And that is the part which brought the salvation for the Jewish people. For when the king is asleep, when God is asleep, he doesn't save us. When God is awake, then he protects the Jewish people. And then finally we have at the end of the Megillah, Umamar Esther, and the words of Esther. The request of Esther, which was to ratify and to canonize the Megillah for all generations to come. So the Megillah and the holiday of Purim is, is a lot about talking. The mouth that speaks. You can speak evil, like Haman, and you can speak good, like Mordechai and Esther. But then you have the question, and that is, why is the name of God not found in the Megillah? There are those who say that God was concealed, that's why his name is not in the Megillah. But we find other answers as well. In the Code of Jewish Law, it's explained that the reason why the name of God is not found in the Megillah is because of the fact that Mordechai was concerned that being that the Megillah will be translated for the 127 provinces, if he puts and inserts the name of God into the Megillah, these nations will translate the name of God according to their deity. And he would increase foreign deities, Kael Acher, other gods, into the world. And therefore, to refrain from this, Mordechai says, let's keep the name of God out of the Megillah. This is the halachic reason. However, Hasidus says, it's not by default, but rather as a priori, that the name of God is not in the Megillah. And that is, the story of Megillah is such a revelation of godliness that is beyond all names of God. Any name of God represents a manifestation of godliness in that specific characteristic. The revelation of godliness in the Megillah is so profound that it cannot be limited and confined to a specific name. 
A miracle is a breach of nature. But beyond a miracle is when nature works perfectly with synergy in the way that God wants it to work. So the fact that everything worked out so perfectly, this shows how God's hand, the Yad, the hand of God, which is Yudala, the 14th of the month, was directly intertwined with every detail of the story. How do we see that God's name is not there, but the essence of God is there? The letter Pei. If you add up the letter Pei, Pei, you spell Pei Aleph. Pei Aleph, Pei is 80, Aleph is 1. 81 is the same as the word Anochi, I, which is the first word of the Ten Commandments. I am God your Lord. Who is God your Lord? It is I. I is beyond God your Lord. God your Lord is a manifestation of God within a certain realm of reality. Anochi is the essence. Comes along the holiday of Purim, we start with the letter Pei. Why? Anochi, the essence of God, is revealed in the holiday. What's the graphic design of the Pei? So the Padish Vimodim says that the graphic design of the Pei is that of a mouth. And the dot in the Pei is the secret. It's a little letters, the yud. It's a concealed secret. The mouth that conceals, or the mouth that reveals the secret. And this is also an interesting twist in the Megillah. Mordechai tells Esther, do not tell the king who you are. Do not tell the king what your nation is. Do not tell the king where you come from. It should be a mystery. Keep it a secret. Later one day, you're going to need to reveal that secret. You've got to keep your mouth closed. Keep the secret hidden. Now, if you think about it, this was really a major, major turning point in the story of Purim. Haman wanted to destroy the Jewish people. Ahasuerus already agreed. Esther now comes and tells the king, King, you have to save my people. You have to save me. Somebody wants to kill me. Ahasuerus says, what? Who wants to kill you? And she turns to Haman. This man, Haman, this evil person. Now, can you imagine if everybody in the kingdom knew that Esther was a Jew? Haman wants to destroy the Jewish people. He would say, King, look, I'll make a deal with you. Let's destroy all the Jews besides Esther. Esther wouldn't have that hook to come back to the king and say, King, this evil man wants to destroy me and my whole people. Say, what do you mean? I already gave you the exemption. I already protected you. Don't worry about it. But the angle is so smart and so perfect that it keeps you on the edge of your seat till the last minute, and boom, that makes the whole twist and the whole transformation in the story. So Purim is about the dot in the pay, the dot in the mouth that is the secret that is being concealed and later is now being revealed. And on a, on a larger scale, it's also the secret of God. Godliness is concealed. At the very beginning, we think it's a normal story. 
It's a natural coincidence. But as we take it apart piece by piece, we're able to realize that God was very involved in the story of Purim from the beginning until the end. That's the letter Pei. That's the first letter of Purim. But let's jump to the last letter of Purim, which is the letter Mem. Mem is the letter of closure. Mashiach has a Mem. One of the names of Mashiach is Menachim. He will bring consolation to the world. It's interesting to note that all the four mitzvahs on the holiday of Purim begin with the letter Mem. You have Megillas Esther, Zemem. You have Matonis Lev Yoinim, gifts to the poor, starts with a Mem. You have Mishloyach Monois, the sending of gifts, starts with a Mem. And you have Mishte Visimcha, feasting and rejoicing. Again, starts with a Mem. All of the mitzvahs on Purim begin with the Mem. The Mem of Purim, the Mem of closure, the Mem of salvation, and the Mem of Mashiach. Which also sheds some light on why the Rambam, Moses Maimonides, when he concludes his magna opus, the Yad HaChazaka, which they call it, the 14 books of code, he concludes it with a Mem. And not only one Mem, but the last three words all have a final Mem. He says, when Mashiach will come, the knowledge of God will fill the world like the water covers the seabed. And he says, Kamayim layam mechasim. Three mems. Kamayim, like water, layam, the sea, mechasim is covered. Three mems. When you do something three times, it becomes a chazaka, becomes strong. And therefore the Ramam concludes the book with the Mem, with closure, with perfection, with redemption, which will come about through the Mem, which is Mashiach, which his name is Menachem, also a Mem. So Purim is the only holiday that the Rambam says when Mashiach will come will not be nullified. As the Megillah itself says, this will be for all generations to come, for all eternity. For the holiday of Purim, represents the Jewish involvement in the continuity of the religion. It wasn't that God came along from above and pulled us out of Egypt, and He split for us the Red Sea, and He protected us in the desert. This is something that we on our own went and initiated. We did not have to give up our lives. We could have said very simply, you know what, who needs the whole thing? We'll bow down to Haman, and forget about the whole religion, will become assimilated like all the nations of the world. Yet, we were strong, and we were stubborn, and we were committed, and we said, you know what? I would rather die as a Jew than live my life as a non-Jew. And when God saw this love and this commitment for the Jewish people, God brought about this salvation. And this is true redemption. And this is true Geula. And that is why in the eyes of God, this holiday is more beloved and more precious than Passover or Shavuos or Sukkot because this is the response 
of the Jewish people to God. Passover is God telling the Jew, I love you. And Purim is the Jew telling God, God, I love you too. So, rejoice, say l'chaim, be happy, and from this redemption we should go to the ultimate redemption with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days.